Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ESPN NBA insider Jay Williams joins Wolf and Luke to talk NBA and the Suns. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. All right, hour number two of the show from Media Row. Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% of your retirement savings. Busy week for football. Also a busy week for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, we're going to get into as much of it as we can right now with our next guest, Jay Williams, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Jay, thanks for the time as always. What's going on? How you doing, man? Uh, good. We're trying to figure out uh, what exactly is going to happen here with the Phoenix Suns. So I, I guess let's start there. And the fact that they were reportedly close to trading for Kyrie Irving, and then even the bigger deal here is that Chris Paul's name was uh, was leaked in that deal. Uh, just from your experience playing and being around the league, how much of, a, of an impact could that potentially have on this locker room now going forward? Well, I mean, look, this stuff always has an impact. I think a guy of CP3's nature doesn't allow these type of rumors to really distract him as it relates to his day-to-day activities when he gets on the court. Uh, it may be conversations he may have with his agent and his family uh, based upon long-term challenges. But I, I, I frankly, now that that ship has sailed, I think CP3 is going to be fine. I think CP3 is the bona fide backbone of the team. Now, I know there are challenges when you get into the postseason, but I think from what he brings to the table from a leadership perspective, holding everybody accountable, uh, and now the focus being on Kevin Durant, um, I, I think you will need, if all hands are on deck, to go after Kevin Durant. I don't see him being a, pay, a piece that you trade in that extraction due to the fact of how his personality can properly mesh with that likes of Kevin Durant. You know, watching KD come off his relationship with Kyrie, it's almost like, well, who's going to be the authoritative figure? Who's going to say things when things need to be said? And typically, that was Kyrie. Uh, KD might have back-channeled that, went to ownership, doubled it in a different way. But as it relates to if you're able, if the Suns are able to pull this trade off with the Brooklyn Nets for KD, that's where you're going to need a guy like CP3 that can actually steer the ship and manage expectations and a relationship between between B-Buck and KD. Do you think, Jay Will, the Nets are going to move Kevin Durant? Do you think they're willing to move him? I'm... I, I think right now, if you're the Nets, you want to hold on to Kevin Durant as much as possible. But that doesn't mean that Kevin Durant wants to stay a net. Right. And I think if you're KD, I don't know how, Wolf, you don't look at what your bench used to be and say, I just played in the team with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And now when I look at my bench... I see Ben Simmons, who I question uh, whether he will actually be on the floor with me. I mean, you could tell that game where he came out with his hurt knee, KD didn't even look at him, didn't even acknowledge him when he walked right by him. Yeah. So at least a lot of questions around his relationship with Ben Simmons. And then also now I'm looking at not Kyrie Irving, I'm looking at Spencer Dinwiddie, and I'm looking at you know some draft picks. So I still think there's a lot of work left to do for Sean Marks. We'll see what moves they could potentially make from having a chance to win a championship to now talking about maybe being a first-round playoff exit or maybe winning a first-round game. Um, and I try to tell people, just because you have years left in your contract, the contract these days don't work that way. These are year-by-year contracts. So if you're looking at a team that has the pieces to win it all now, if you're a guy like Kevin Durant and you think you have one more move left to be made, uh, I don't know how Phoenix is not on your radar. 
We're talking to Jay Williams. Uh, Jay, obviously everybody here would love Kevin Durant. We're talking about other potential trades, but this is also with Devin Booker coming back tonight, the first time the Suns have had their starting five in a game since late October. I, I think it's only happened a couple times total all season. When you look at this group, I mean, and the bench is different now, obviously, with no Jay Crowder, but how big of a move do you think they really need to make to be contenders this year, or are they potentially already there if they're healthy? Well, I think this team has a chance to be a contender, uh, for sure. I mean, look, the, the Western Conference is up for grabs, frankly. Uh, Denver is at the top of the Western Conference, and obviously Memphis is there, too. Memphis has its own challenges, and they have some of their own holes. And it's the same with Denver when we get into playoff basketball. So, you know, I, I wouldn't tell you that this Phoenix Sun team isn't one of the most experienced. It's a matter of them being healthy, considering all the injuries they've had throughout the course of this year. I guess the question I would ask you guys, because you guys are boots on the ground there, is do you see a future with DeAndre Ayton at the center position? And if your answer is you're unsure or no, and that could be used as an asset along with a guy like Jay Crowder, as long as you didn't have to get fleeced your entire team, you know, maybe that's Mikel Bridges, even though I would not like to give him up, but a whole bunch of draft picks, why wouldn't you be in for Kevin Durant? Yeah. yeah. You know our answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know your answer. That's what I'm trying to talk to you guys about. Yeah. Like, I love Ayton. But like if you're wondering, like, okay, like long term, what puts our team for the next three years to have a window to win it? Like, I, I don't know if I see Aiton being that player for the franchise. And you have Jay Crowder as a tradable asset in the piece to move, and that can be packaged the right way. And if you're already having questions around it, I don't know why that's not an option to use. Well, I, I guess the follow-up then is you're you know you're over there. You you see the the national perspective on this. Do other teams want DeAndre Ayton? Because all we ever hear is Indiana or Toronto, and maybe that's it. Well, I mean, it, I I laugh because you know whenever I hear all these different trade um, accusations online, I'm like it, it's just not like a it's not like a B to B. Right. This is like putting out bad terms. This could be an A to B to C. So a third trade partner to really help when these things are going down. Every Boston needs something. Potentially Phoenix needs something. Potentially the Nets need something. Um, I'm sure there are other teams that could be inserted for the likes of Boston here to potentially make this work for the Nets and Matt and Justin Nishiba. That is really, really interesting right there. But I want to go back to Kyrie and the Kyrie conversation. How do you think that's going to work with Luka Doncic in Dallas? Well, number one, I was joking around the other day on air, because I'm like, this is like the holy trinity, and the name of Jason Kidd, and the name of Kyrie Irving, and the name of Luka Doncic, right? Like, th- this is like the holy trinity here with these three guards. Now, if Kyrie is so different than Steve Nash. Um, you know, I, I don't think Steve Nash was the first selection from both Katie and Kyrie. I think that was more a selection from Sean Marks. Now, they eventually signed off on it because I think they wanted to give management their kudos for, hey, we're going to let you guys run the ship. And I don't think at the end of the day, they really, they really respected ultimately how Steve Nash held them all accountable. Right? And when you see cracks in the, in the armor, uh, guys as NBA players or professional athletes, if you allow them to get away with certain things, that those create poor habits. 
I, I think Jason Kidd holds people way more accountable and is also way more apt to deal with confrontation in your face, <laughs> which isn't like the passive aggressive style that we've seen from some coaches these days, right? Like it's more of the what Sean Payton is going to give Russell Wilson. Oh, you think you're going to bring in a coach that doesn't belong on our staff? Not going to happen. Not here on my watch, right? So I think Jason Kidd is more cut from that type of cloth with an owner who is more progressive saying that let's figure it out. So I think if you look at Luca, you're like, hey, look, Luca, this is a three, four month window. Like we already run more ISO sets than any team in the NBA. It's going to make you guys a hell of a problem in the fourth quarter because you can't get double teamed anymore. And yeah, we may have questions defensively, but can teams score as much as we can score? And that's going to be a major problem for teams in the Western Conference as we get into the playoffs with those two hit the ground running. Jay Williams, great stuff as always, man. We always love talking to you. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Jags. Oh, uh, boy. Enjoy the chaos of the Super Bowl. Stay safe. <laughs> it's ramping up. Uh, it's Jay Williams joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, that's SUPER to 620-620. All right, when we come back, the Cardinals appear to be down to two coaching candidates. Lou Anarumo, Mike Kafka. What are the pros and cons of each? We'll get into that next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke live from the phoenix convention center and media row Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. It is Wolf and Luke. Um, Wolf, I got to vent about the fact that the Cardinals are going to be hiring a first-year head coach, and it's taking over four weeks. I got to vent about that earlier. Yes. I may vent about it again in a little I'm bit. I'm sure you will. But uh, but for right now, let's look at the... Um, and for the record, I'm a little broken up, too, that I, Brian I Flores did not get it. I am. Don't get me sidetracked right we'll, now. We'll but get back into that. I am bit. a little broken up. But as it stands right now, it appears to be either Lou Anarumo or Mike Kafka. So let's let's start with um, a little bit of audio from uh, last week on this show. Jay Feely talking about Lou Anarumo. You know, but there, there's some guys, you know, they got Lou Anarumo coming in. I think the world of Lou, I think he could be an excellent head coach. He's he's as good as it gets when it comes to defensive coaches in the NFL right now and scheme and shutting down the best quarterback. So there's certainly some guys out there that, that are very good that they can still go get a, a great uh, head coach. Let's start yeah. with Lou. Okay, Lou Anarumo. Um, I'm sorry to do this to you, Lou, Uh-oh. right now. I really am. Okay. Um, every guy that I have wanted <laughs> has been eliminated. Every guy. And it went right down, right? It was Sean Payton. Yep. And then it was Brian Flores. Don't forget about Dan Skills. Quinn. Don't forget Dan <laughs> oh, Quinn. Oh, yeah, Dan yeah. Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn as well. So all four, they, they were eliminated right there. So now, Lou, I, I would love it if they hired Lou Anarumo. All right, now, so it'll again, be Kafka. Am I sitting? Am I sitting in that room? No, I am not. I am not asking the questions. I am not listening to the answers. I'm not sitting in that room. I just like what I know of Lou Anarumo. And again, every guy that I've liked has been eliminated. So I'm sorry to do that to you first, Lou. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be crushed at all if he got the job, of course. Yeah, I'm not going to 
pretend to take a hard stand between Kafka and Anarumo because neither one of them has ever been an NFL head coach. I do also like Anarumo more, but that's because at the, when this all started, my thought was, okay, if you're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, have somebody lined up. Don't just make a change for the sake of making a change. Well, they didn't. Okay, so then it was like, I want an established head coach, Sean Payton, ideally. But honestly, Wolf, if the Cardinals interviewed Sean Payton and they were like, I don't want to give up picks for this guy, then I would have been fine with that, too. I just wanted experience. So you get Dan Quinn or you get Brian Flores or whoever. Well, that's all out the window. Sure. So what I have kind of, I guess, lowered my standard to at this point is I just don't want a first-year head coach who is a young offensive mind because we just tried that. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Kafka's going to be really, the coach. Which, it's not his fault. It's nothing I against Mike totally Kafka. I totally agree. I totally agree with what you're saying, yet at the same time, it's totally unfair to Mike Kafka. It is, and he might end up being a great coach. I would right. love to see that happen with the Colts and the Cardinals go out and get an established guy, but that's off the table at this point. So here, this is Patrick Mahomes, and again, I hesitate going down this path because when they hired Cliff Kingsbury, it was like, hey, Cliff knew Patrick Mahomes. He's a, a young, great offensive mind, and then everybody had such a problem with Cliff last season that we're going to do the same thing, but here's Patrick Mahomes from Super Bowl Media Day yesterday talking about Mike Kafka. I mean, he's a, Coach, Coach Kafka is a special person and a special coach, and uh, he, he kind of took me when he first got here. He was quality quality control, and that was my first year as a rookie, and so I spent a lot of hours with Coach Kafka where he was teaching me the playbook and teaching me how to become a quarterback in the NFL, um, and it continued for a long time, and I knew right when he left here, he was going to be a head coach somewhere soon, and so uh, I know he's down there in Arizona, and if he gets hired there, he'll, he'll get that place turned around, and uh, it's uh, he's a great he's a great coach and a great person as well, so I'm excited for there it is right there from Pat Mahomes. Well, Pat, That's if you really want to endorse endorsement. him, why don't you force a trade to Arizona? <laughs> <and what> you... <laughs> That's quite the endorsement right there from Patrick Mahomes. Once again, Mike Kafka. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this guy, of course, the offensive coordinator from the New York Giants, Mike Kafka with Brian Dable. Do you think Mike Kafka and Brian Dable did a little something-something with Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is one of the few players I can remember over the last couple of years where going into a season, it felt like okay this guy his career done yeah to me it it, felt like coming into this season this was it at the start of the season didn't it feel like okay he's he's probably at least done with the giants he was going to go somewhere else get a chance to start and probably be a backup within a couple years with the giants yeah and and uh and we don't know how much of that was brian dable how much of that was mike kafka how much of it was dable and kafka learned from it or whatever but he's got to be given some credit for what daniel jones did now let's not get crazy daniel jones did not turn into Jalen Hurts this year, but they revived his career. And that's a big selling point if you're trying to revive Kyler Murray, who was way ahead of Daniel Jones going into this past year. Yeah, and Saquon Barkley will do an awful lot to help that revive help. you yes. as well, no doubt. Listen, uh, the, the reason why I like Lou Anarumo, and I'm sorry to do that to you again, Lou, because <laughs> I am I am casting my endorsement behind him. Um, the guy knows the modern game. He knows the modern game. He knows how to mitigate great passing offenses when given the pieces. And yet, I think about that Cincinnati Bengals defense. And what great players does he really have on the Cincinnati Bengals defense? Not a ton. Not a lot. You don't think, oh my goodness, they're absolutely loaded. They've got good players, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake about that. They have good players. But he hasn't um, an all-pro team. 
And you've got a guy like Lou Anarumo who has been able to control the likes of a Josh Allen. Control the likes of Josh Allen. Are you kidding me? Control the likes of Pat Mahomes. He has. I mean, he has. He's an injured Patrick Mahomes, but what were they? They lose to Patrick Mahomes last week. Patrick Mahomes and the what they put up twenty three points. Yes, and in the three prior meetings, Cincinnati beat the Chiefs. That's right. How many teams can say that? That's exactly right. So this guy, he knows the modern game. He knows how to mitigate passing offenses, and he knows how to lead. And I listen. I don't know the guy. I've never met the guy. But people tell me he's one of these guys that. That will win you over in a matter of five minutes of talking to him. He's one of these guys that knows how to reach. He's a reacher and then a teacher. Does that make sense? He knows how to reach you and then teach you, Luke. He was one of those guys, he was the guy, really, whose name wasn't bouncing around much like the first week after everybody got fired around the league, and, and there was this groundswell of, like, why isn't Lou Anarumo's name? That, that's true. Yes. So, so, I mean, both of these guys are intriguing. I'll just I'll go back to what I said earlier in the show of it, it is starting to feel like we can't get an established head coach here. And, and I... The only reason I say that is because I don't feel like I'm assuming the Cardinals didn't come into this process thinking we got to get another first year head coach. I, so I guess that leads to my question of what is going to happen with Vance Joseph because he still hasn't been let out to talk to other teams. So is the plan to go with Kafka and have Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator? Why is I could see that happening. Why isn't Vance Joseph still in the running? I know half the Cardinals fan base just screamed at their radio, and I'm not saying... Obviously, Vance Joseph wasn't my first choice. He was like my seventh when this all started. But as you but say that... established. I, as you say that, though, I think you know why. You know why. Because he was tied the last year. But then why and is he still here if he was tied the last year? I know, but... It Again, he's not the head guy. He's not going to be the head guy. He'd be the defensive coordinator, and who knows if, in fact, maybe this doesn't work out. Maybe you got a guy that you do trust to actually take over. Now, I'm not saying, hopefully, that's the case. Hopefully, you're hiring Mike Kafka, if that were the case, that it was going to be Kafka, and then Vance would be the defensive coordinator, because I don't see Lou Anarumo saying, okay, I'll hire Vance Joseph as my defensive coordinator. I I don't see that happening. Happening. I don't, but, you know, for me, it's because Vance was tied to last year, and that is the mark against him. I say this as somebody who, who tends but it's to hedge on big decisions and make sure I've backed myself up. And, oh, if this happens, then we have a backup plan here. And I folk, Sometimes you just have to go for it, and especially if you are building an NFL roster, you just have to go for it. Nobody would have faulted the Cardinals. And again, we don't know how possible this one individual is, but let's say if they went out and got Dan Quinn and it didn't work, nobody would have faulted the Cardinals. Hey, you tried, man. You went out and got Dan Quinn. But now you're going down this path where you and I know because we see all the criticism every day. Yes. So they are opening <laughs> themselves to criticism. You and I are going to have yes. to read. All yes. Right. But once again, just don't hire Mike Kafka because all of a sudden the last three... The last three coaches have won the Super Bowl. 
They were offensive guys, right? Don't yeah. hire, don't hire Kafka because of that. Hire him because I'm sure he talks about how he's going to practice in the interview, how his team's going to practice. At this point, whoever your coordinators are is a big deal as well. So we'll get back into this. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll go through the best sound from Super Bowl opening night and get you caught up on the latest news around the National Football League. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. I want to remind you, Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Wolf and Luke out here at Media Row. And, um, Wolf, we both we both noticed this. So I feel like we need to start here if we're just going to go around the National Football League, okay? Yeah. Sean Payton had his press conference yesterday. All right, you're already laughing. <laughs> Can't help it. And, uh, look... Part of the reason people wanted Sean Payton to come here was because, in addition to everything else, his experience, been to the Super Bowl, almost went to a second one, uh, has won a Super Bowl, his success with, uh, with with the quarterback, good offensive mind, was how he would handle Kyler Murray. Yeah. Right? And then he goes to Denver. So I'm sure in Denver they're like, how are you going to handle Russell Wilson? Very different situation. Russell Wilson, I would argue I'd rather be coaching Kyler Murray at this point in their careers, but Russell Wilson has won a Super Bowl, and he nearly won a second Super Bowl. Like, Russell Wilson has accomplished big things in this league, but here's Sean Payton yesterday saying he, uh, Russell Wilson, whatever he's accomplished, does not get to have his personal coaches anymore. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach. He's in the building with access. He wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Uh, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building, access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. There we go. Okay, I love that right there. First of all, let me just go back and kind of set the table here right now. You don't think of Russell Wilson as, you know what? Okay, how are you going to handle Russell Wilson right now? You don't think of him as being a guy that is difficult to work with in any way, shape, or form, right? I don't. Up until last up season. Up until last season. Not only because they were so bad and he was so bad, but all his former, not all of us, but a lot of his former teammates with the Seahawks are like, oh, yeah, we don't miss that guy. Or, yeah, piling on, like, yeah, you, you should expect this. Like, how many times did the Seahawks, when they were at their best, beat the Cardinals, and we were like, man, that team's got it figured out. They're just rolling. They're winning a Super Bowl. They're going to another Super Bowl. Probably should have ran the ball at the goal line instead of throwing it against the Patriots. But either way, it felt like they had it figured out. And then once there's some distance between his former teammates and Russell Wilson, a lot of them seem to have some animosity towards him. Do you remember that? Do you remember that that video that he shot with Sierra in their bed? Do you remember that when he signed the contract extension yes. with the Seattle Seahawks? I thought that was really weird. He's I thought done, that he's was, done a few weird things. It was things. just really, he's just weird, man. Yes. I thought it was weird. Mr. Mr. Unlimited. Also weird. Also very, also very yeah, so very weird right there. I, I wonder if suddenly, ladies and gentlemen, just based on some of the information I've heard from people that I know and really respect and love up in Seattle, I'm talking about analysts that tipped me off on this and said he's forgotten who he was. I'm just wondering if that is really the truth. You know me. I don't. I don't just throw that stuff out there. I no, want to be fair. It's not like it was one person to saying that. Yeah. But it wasn't right. And you know, you have to look at the evidence and say, 
has Russell Wilson kind of forgotten who he is and what he's all about and where he comes from? I don't know, but yeah, I can tell you know you, what? Watching Your Russell personal Wilson? coach is not going to be allowed in the facility building. Well done, Sean Payton. Well, watching Russell Wilson last year, I forgot who Russell Wilson is. Like that. Be careful, it's, though. It's spicy. Okay. So look. Well, yeah, we can't say you know because he said it's spicy. Well, I mean, you can't attack it's the guy. Just another, for saying it's just another layer. Um, you hear Sean Payton stepping in and doing that, and it's impossible not to think. Okay, and not, Kyler Murray doesn't have like his own personal coaches walking around. They're different. They're different people at different points in their careers. And like I said, of the two of them, Kyler being hurt throws a wrinkle into it. But wouldn't you rather coach Kyler Murray because you look at him and you're like, there's upside. <laughs> Russell Wilson is what he is. He's been to the top of the mountain. It seems like he's maybe going down the wrong side of it right now. Uh, look, maybe Payton can revive Russell Wilson too. But either way, that approach is. So much of the approach people want for Kyler Murray. I heard Bickley and Murata driving in this morning, and I forget which one of them said it, but they were like, maybe Kyler Murray wants that too. Like, we all just assume. I think he clearly needs it, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want it. They need to put him in a position where he gets that sort of, I don't know if you want to call it tough love or just a disciplinarian or whatever. And Sean Payton is already doing that in Denver. Yeah. Um, can I just say right now, Sean Payton, well done. I want to I want to emphasize on this, too, because this is what a head coach does. He comes walking in, and he says, this is who we are. This is the way we're going to do things around here. This is the way we're going to do it around here. He's setting the table right now in what the rules are and the parameters. He's setting the paradigm for the Denver Broncos going forward. We're not going to let anybody at the, the very thought to me as a guy that played in 1985 to 1995 the the very thought of allowing an outsider to come in and act as though he's kind of one of the you know, the coaches walking around is so foreign to me that I laugh out loud when I think of that and Russell Wilson knows that. He's got to know that. Okay, you well, they let me do it in Seattle. Okay, great. Pete Carroll lets you do it in Seattle, whatever it may be. But for me, he's got to know, and people around him have also got to know. I couldn't, you couldn't have every guy bring his own personal coach into the facility building, could you? So once again, oh, but it's okay for you, Russell, to do it. Culture matters. This is why culture matters. And you've got to set that culture. The ex- Expectation of how we do things around here. And I can tell you this, Russell, it's not with your own personal coach following you around. Can you imagine if every guy had his own personal coach following him around inside the facility? Be awkward. What a mess that would be. So if you're going to let one guy do it, you have to let two. But the problem, and if you're going to let two, you have to let three, and you know where I'm going. The problem is last year, Nathaniel Hackett allowed it as well. And again, I think it's tougher for a first-year your head coach to come in and lay down the law, whereas Sean Payton can come in and be like, you're Russell Wilson. You've won a Super Bowl. You should have won a second Super Bowl, but you know what? I'm Sean Payton. That's not going to fly here. See, it was, it was sorry. easier for Nathaniel Hackett to get pushed around. Although I'm not poo-pooing anything that 
you just said. I would prefer me, you did because for, it's my biggest worry for, with the Cardinals. For me right now, I don't care about that. I'm the head guy here. I'm the alpha male. Sorry about that. Yeah, you know what? I am a first-time head coach in the National Football League, but I'm a full-grown man. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do because I'm the head coach of this team, and you're not, whoever that may be. Listen, man. You have to is, follow through with it, though, too. You that is the only it. way that you can establish culture is say it, and it applies to everybody. And Bill Belichick knows that better than anybody else, I might add. Uh, here's more from Sean Payton. Why come out of retirement now? Someone's going to ask the question, why'd you get back in, coach? And so maybe I can answer that right now. See, Eileen, when you work only Sundays in the Fox studio, and then you have Monday through Saturday, there's a point at which she looked at me and said, when are you getting back to work, buddy? So we all kind of live with this idea of we're going to, we're going to work to this golden spot, and then we're going to retire, and it's going to be wonderful, and we're sold that on TV a lot. And my fire owner, the late Mr. Benson, used to tell me how overrated retirement was and I kind of feel where he was coming from a little bit after just one year of whatever that was so thank you for being patient with me yeah, you know what that is, retirement right there. Retiring <laughs> you know, for it, a year. It sounds so fantastic. Retirement! This is the greatest thing in the world. We all know, audience right now, it's one of the worst things when every day is Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That sucks buttermilk. You need contrast. Contrast is the spice of life. Retirement sounds so great. I'm going to sit around. I'm going to do absolutely nothing. Now, retiring for two weeks doesn't sound bad. But retirement That's called vacation. Than, whoa, okay, interesting. That's called vacation. Where does that fit into your winter break philosophy? <laughs> winter break is great. Winter break is not vacation. Okay. That's winter break. All right. But, I, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Sean Payton sitting around. You can only sit around for so long. There are people, millions of people listening right now, millions of people listening right now that are shaking their head up and down. Wolf's right. <laughs> They may have never said that before, but right now <laughs> they're saying one. Wolf's right oh, look, on that one. I don't one. disagree with Retirement you. and every night is is Friday night. Every day is Saturday. That sucks, buttermilk. I hate working from home. I did that for like two weeks and couldn't stand that. So I'm, I'm not. you're not going to get an argument from me on this one. Uh, join Burns and Gambo this Thursday, February 9th from 2 to 6 at Safeway on 83rd and Camelback for Coca-Cola's Game Time Rewards. Meet NFL alumni Jay Feely and enter to win over $50,000 in prizes. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete event details. When we come back, is it Kevin Durant or bust for the Phoenix Suns? Wow, this sounds like July. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Broncos country, let's ride. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row.
Welcome back to the show. I want to remind you, Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Wolf, it is time to get back into basketball. And I would be lying if I told you that I didn't have Twitter open pretty much nonstop this week. Especially as we're doing the show. Like, hey, anything from uh, Shams, Woj, yes, KD? You want to tweet right. something out, KD? With just like a, if there's an emoji for Phoenix, I don't know, maybe just a sun? Uh, nothing yet. Uh, this is my one... <laughs> this is my one like rule with this, okay? Okay, one rule. There is one. And, and I'm thinking of this rule. now because it's like when you were talking about which coaches you've wanted for the Cardinals, and anytime you put your support behind them, they don't get them. <laughs> they and don't get it. Anytime I throw a rule out there, it seems to not be followed instantly. But we'll see. This is the Suns. This is different. Okay. Your Just, lack of discipline is legendary. It is, and it's going to be on display again. Just don't go. Don't go down the path where you're like you're passing up other deals because you want to keep those assets for Kevin Durant and then not get Kevin Durant. This goes back to my this is like my life theme for 2023. Don't try and do things halfway. This okay? is your life song. This is this is it, right? <laughs> Somebody, one of these teams in town, please Who's listen that, to it. By the way, this is your life song. Okay, forget about that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even we think have that's no a time song. for I that think you, That's your karaoke song that you yes. put together trying to promote it right now. It's not even a real song. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was singing that? That's How Friday. Bad. Friday that, on that stage that over would there. Be so bad. It's not even funny. I get your point, though. It's like you don't want to miss out on any deal that could possibly be out there that could improve your team. You don't want to miss out on that because you're hunting Kevin Durant, and then suddenly you're hunting him down that rabbit hole, so to speak, and you never get him. That could be a problem. Yeah. Huge problem. If you pass on a deal for Kyle Kuzma or OG Ananobi or anybody that you did want because you're like, well, I can't trade that first-round pick because I might need to include it in a Kevin Durant That's deal. Right. If you're going to do that, you better get Kevin Durant because we can't go through this trade deadline. And we talked earlier. I, I like this. Now this starting five is finally healthy and back together. I, I mean, I like this team's chances to make a, a, you know, a decent run in these playoffs. But if you want to win the whole thing, you probably got to add something. And you've got draft picks you can absolutely trade that are going to do you no good next year and the year after. But don't go down this path where you're like, yeah, we really want this guy, but now KD's yeah. available again. Yes. And then he isn't. And we come out on Friday and it's the same team minus Jake You know, Crowder. I'm so glad you actually brought up the draft picks because I think that's what could be holding up a, a potential deal more than anything else. Listen, if you're James Jones, you're going to talk about, okay, KD, oh, he's back on the market right now. We're going to pursue Kevin Durant. The report's out there that the Suns were going to pursue Kevin Durant. Prepared well, to pursue. If that's if that's going to be the case where you are prepared to pursue Kevin Durant, to me, you, you've already talked about the principles in the deal. You've talked about the heavy stuff in the deal. What's the icing on the cake, metaphorically speaking? Draft picks, to me. How many? Well, we we yeah, we've been negotiating for weeks now. One draft, you were going to get one first round pick. That's what you were going to get. That's it. Well, now all of a sudden you've got Sean Marks, and he's thinking to himself, "I want two. Well, one, two, one, two. What? And you go back and forth, right? And now all of a sudden, here's the trade deadline. It's coming. Somebody's going to have to move, and I think that could be the holdup right now. They're waiting for that pressure point that is the trade deadline to make a deal. 
That's what I think. And yeah, I could be dead wrong on that, and you know that. But that's how these deals get done a lot of the time when you're pursuing a guy like KD. But see, it's risky because if you're the Suns, your window is now, and there are other players that you were supposed to be going after. Right, you know but you I have KD. to be prepared to say, okay, here's the second first round pick. If that was the negotiation and, and the Nets were like, we really want that second pick, my response would be, you can have three first round picks, take Cam Johnson out of the deal or take whoever out of the deal. I will give you, I, I will stick to this. See, I think the principles are on the table because those names, that matters. I'm not I think trading. that's the big stuff. The draft picks, that's the icing. I'm not trading Booker, and I don't want to trade Bridges if I can help it. If there's any combination of draft picks or other players I can put together, and we had Jay Williams on earlier. He said it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to trade Chris Paul if you're bringing Kevin Durant in because you kind of want Chris Paul with Kevin Durant. And I don't really think Brooklyn if they're trading Durant, is going to want Chris Paul anyway for what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming in a Kevin Durant trade, Chris Paul would stay. Obviously, Devin Booker would stay. If there's any combination I can give you with anything else I have where I can keep Mikel Bridges, I'm doing it. Man, it just seems like the, the Brooklyn Nets are 11 games over 500. Well, that's the problem. Is right a, now. a lot of people believe they're just not even going to trade him. And that's that's what I'm saying. If you you need to know that you need to know, okay, yeah. Brooklyn's probably not trading him. We got to go get Kyle Kuzma or whoever. I, I'm just throwing out names of, of Bogdanovich because there's so many of them. Um, here's Stephen A. Smith on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. He said Brooklyn's probably going to be inclined to keep Durant through the end of this season at least. Kevin Durant is a superstar in this league. He's got three years guaranteed on his deal after this season. Um, obviously, even if he's disgruntled, he's proven that nothing's going to interfere with his willingness to go out on the court and play at an elite level. Uh, so if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're certainly inclined to keep him on board. Okay, so once again, just looking at it right now, we have heard these rumors out there that Kevin Durant, other than yesterday where he walked by with a PR guy, walked by some of the media and didn't even acknowledge them, and everyone thought he was being escorted out of the building. An <laughs> Did you see look? that yes. report? That report from, from was a just, lot of people, yeah. Oh my goodness, that was awesome right there. Yet having said that, okay, let's go down that road. There is a possibility. Listening to Stephen A. right there makes me think, you know what? Um, Toronto. <laughs> hey, Fred Van Vliet, are you ready to go? Well, that's... I'm thinking there's still that possibility on the table, and I think D.A. is involved in that deal. And that, that's what I'm, I'm saying is if, if it's, if it's going to be, I think the prevailing thought is that Kevin Durant's going to be available, but it's not going to be till this summer. Now, that doesn't mean he won't be available in the next two days, and it doesn't guarantee he will be available this summer, but that seems to be the prevailing thought. Kevin Durant's going to be out there for the, the, the taking this summer, but not right now. So if you're the Suns and you bring up D.A., that's one of your biggest trade chips. Yes. To me, that's bigger than, the, than these stupid first-round draft picks that mean nothing right yes. now to the Suns. So, if you trade him for an OG Ananobi or a Fred Van Vliet or the, you know, the combination of the two of them, that trade was thrown out there last week, then you don't have him this summer for Durant, which I'm fine with, but what I'm not fine with is we're going to hold, basically going to throw this season away and try and go after Durant in the summer. Yeah. How long are you going to be chasing a guy that may never end up on your team? 
Yes, I, I get your point. I have to go back to DeAndre Ayton right there. DA, once again, oh my goodness, right here. Is anybody else fascinated to see if DeAndre Ayton goes out and plays with the same focus that we have seen recently? The same drive? Actually move his feet? Get a bend in the knees? Stick his butt out a little bit? Act like he's really engaged in the game? Have you noticed this with DeAndre Ayton? Is it the, the trade deadline? that's got his attention? Is he trying to say, no, I can get this. I can do this, James Jones. Don't move me. I want to stay right here. Or is he trying to showcase himself maybe for somebody else like we saw him do against the Toronto Raptors as well, like we saw him do against the Detroit Pistons? Is he trying to showcase himself? Are the Suns also trying to do that when they got a two-man game, especially the Pistons game with Chris Paul, where he goes out and scores 31 on a two-man game a lot of the time focusing on that that looked intentional to me yeah i don't know about you we haven't seen a lot of the pick and roll between those two guys a ton of it i think what we're gonna see is da play well tonight and then we're going to be playing audio on this show tomorrow of him talking about how excited he was to have everybody back the booker's back and obviously cam's back and chris paul has been back and he's going to be he's going to be talking about how happy is that the group is back together i fully expect deandre just watch him move and this is what i'm talking about again it's not the production it's not the point total just watch him monty likes to say play with force play with force watch him to me all that means play with intensity play like you're engaged like you're ready to go move with intent watch him tonight when he doesn't have the ball that is always that is always a give. That's always a tell with DeAndre Ayton. Watch him move without the ball. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.